everyone, welcome to Rare Maven, a series where we inspire and empower millennial black women by sharing the journey of those who are thriving in entrepreneurship while being transparent enough to acknowledge their own triumphs and tribulations. I'm your host, Karima Muhammad, and I created this series not only to chat about business and entrepreneurship, but also to share tips and talk about how we can have an impact on the communities around us. This is why I consider our guest today to be a Rare Maven. Tiana Otley is the owner of Chef Royalty Catering and Events, a full-service catering company that connects through cuisine and is all about empowering women of color. Tiana knew from a very young age that she wanted to be a chef and launched her business upon graduating culinary school. She knew entrepreneurship was the way, and as she was becoming a new mom, she became even more motivated to build her success and ultimately a legacy for her daughter. Let's welcome Tiana. So, welcome Tiana, how are you today? I'm good, how are you? How are you? <laughs> I'm feeling good, you know, just excited that we get to talk to you. Yeah, on the streets that you're going to talk about. <laughs> it happened, I tasted it, it's amazing. So I want to hear thank you, thank you. all that it took. <laughs> you're welcome. I hear all that it took to get you to this point. Um, so to start off, where did you grow up, and how were you first introduced to entrepreneurship? Um, okay, so I grew up in Brooklyn, New York, born in Vegas. Um, I was introduced to entrepreneurship. Um, that's an interesting question. I don't really know. And I don't think I've pinpointed when I realized that, like, you can own your own businesses. Mm-hmm. But I started working at 15, mm-hmm. and I was taking a lot of pointers from the owners of the restaurant that I worked at at the time, um, mm-hmm. as well as learning from a program that I was in in my church for the mm-hmm. business. So I guess there is okay. where I started to realize that, you know, you can have an idea and turn it into a business and then what, what that turns into is entrepreneurship. So I guess that's when um, I realized that it was something that I wanted to do. Um, I also met a mentor um, while I was in college in Miami who really showed me a different side of the culinary industry, especially as another young black female chef, um, just having the freedom to still practice your craft and do what you love, but also have that good work-life balance, not just being stuck in the kitchen all the time and and being able to network and mingle and go different places and work in different places Mm -hmm. using the talents that I already had. So that's kind of what sparked it. Okay, so you saw the freedom, and you were like, oh, I want that. I don't be stuck in the Yeah, definitely. (laughs) I don't want to break somebody else. All mm-hmm. the time I like to choose, you know, when I, I'm, you know, when I, I have family, I have a daughter, so I'm always, like, prioritizing my time. And to me, yes, of course, you need money to survive and to live, but it's not everything, you know. So I like exactly. to have the freedom to enjoy my life, enjoy the people that I have in my life, but also, you know, work and have fun working. Mm-hmm. You know? Awesome. So now I have, like, a little... I would say trivial question for you. Not really true. I would say I've been saying trivia so much, but it's trivial. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. 
Would you rather be a guest chef on The Real or <laughs> would you rather have your business featured in Essence magazine? Hmm. That's interesting. Um, I would want to say I would rather be a guest chef on The Real because I think people are moving away from print media mm-hmm. and are more into visual and stuff that they can play back and, you know, they say they'll play reruns or they can catch the clip on YouTube or, you know, it can be posted around versus expecting people to go out and really buy magazines. I don't know when's the last time I bought a magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually have an Essence subscription. Now... But what if it's like where a lot of times they'll put that cover magazine on the website, though? The cover is the big story. That would be dope, too. I don't know. Can I have both? Also, I think that the real has a different, a a more varied audience. Mm -hmm. Even though I'm here for my black people, I'm rooting for everybody black. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I'm here for all of that. It's definitely my business is centered around empowering um, young black entrepreneurs and people that want to come up in the culinary industry. But the real, like I said, has a, a broad audience. And, you know, yeah. that I think that it would just be a smarter, more profitable um, choice, although mm-hmm. I think that both are definitely super dope, um, love essence, Oh, an Essence Fest. Ooh, can I be a guest chef on Essence Fest? That would be So you're going with the real. Mm-hmm. So Essence, she loves Essence. Let's put it up. Who has Essence? Yeah. So Essence Fest. Those yeah. You'll, you'll be there one year. We're gonna I'll be there, yes. They're going to see me on the real, and then they're going to bring me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to get both. Exactly. Now, what is... Chef Loyalty Catering and Events. Oh, so Chef Loyalty Catering Events is my catering company. Um, the name comes from my name, which is Tiana. My friends call me T. Everybody calls me T. And we got um, me and my boyfriend actually came up with the idea of royalty as just like a pet name, like because I'm his queen, as I should be. Okay. Okay. So, okay. and then it kind of just all tied into how I wanted my brand to come off as mm-hmm. something that is high end, um, but still stays in tune with our roots and the things that we enjoy, which is you know having events, having networking um, opportunities to come together. And, of course, eat good food. It's like, you know, you don't want to go to any event that doesn't have good food. That's like the best thing that you want to make sure. And mm-hmm. then um, royalty also is just, like I said, being black queens. It's not just me. It's all of us, you know. And mm-hmm. when I think about food, it's like you want, I want to feast, you know. When you think about feast, you think about the kings and queens. And we are the original kings and queens. So yes, it's yes, all about... Yes. Uh, It's all about um, just empowering 
like I said, especially young black women in this industry, it's hard to really get the accolades and the respect that we deserve, even though we're the mothers of everything, taught everybody how to cook. But mm-hmm. then if you look at it from a professional standpoint, it's older white men or white right, getting the accolades that, you know, that, that we're fighting for also. So it's just a constant reminder, you know, anytime anybody asks me about my business or sees my business anywhere that it's going to remind you that not only am I rude, but so are you. That's why my logo is half of a chef hat and half a crown. It's like no matter what hat you wear in your professional life or, you know, in your day-to-day life, like I said, I'm also a mom, so I wear a whole lot of hats. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still about being a queen and, and knowing your worth and just fighting for us to be seen and to get the respect that we deserve in not just my industry, but in all industries. After I graduated college, I came back home to New York and I started working at a restaurant again. And I think within a month of that, I just realized that this is not what I wanted to do. I had been working in restaurants since 15. I mean, not just restaurants, all kinds of I've worked at hotels, museums, worked for different catering companies. I have been working mm-hmm. for other people for, I mean, I can't say so long. People will probably be like, that's not that long. But to me, it was so long. And then if I had mm-hmm. gone to school, it's like, you know, I did my studies. I learned a lot from my mentor. And I got to get in a taste of that life and then coming back and going back to working at a restaurant. Like I said, within a month, I was just like, I'm over this. I literally drove to work one day, parked and called my mother in tears because I just didn't want to do it anymore. Like, I really mm-hmm. wanted to quit. Mm-hmm. And she supported me. She said that if that's what I wanted to do as long as I had a plan and that I really was going to follow through with it, that she would, you know, that she didn't mind. So I think I gave her my two weeks that next day. And that was that. I really realized that, okay, if I'm going to do this, the time is now. And then ironically, and like, Two months later, I got pregnant, so then I really came oh, wow. because I was like, all right, like, I'm going to have a baby. Mm-hmm. I have to grind, like, mm-hmm. I have this time, and then when I have the baby, of course, I'm going to have to sit down for a minute, but then mm-hmm. I got right back into it after I had her, and it was just like that push on top of, like I said, the fire that I already felt in myself, Yeah. and then to turn around and then now know that I'm going to be the example for somebody else. Mm-hmm. It was really, that was the push that really set me and made you take that leap of faith, and so far, so good. <laughs> right. Oh, that's beautiful. So what would you say were the challenges in starting your business? Um, definitely just figuring out how to promote properly, how to market, because the people that you meet will be the first ones in line to order from you or to, or to support your business usually or not. Mm-hmm. And that's the hardest realization is, like, okay, you know, you start this business and you think everybody's going to jump on it. So to your school, you know, you're like, everybody has to eat. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, us, we have events and this auntie cook and that grandma bring this and that cousin bring that. It's like, you know, very rarely do people actually get events catered unless it's something really big. Yeah. So it, it that was the main challenge at first was just figuring out how to get business, how to get word of mouth out there that I started this business. Mm-hmm. Um, and just figuring out what resources, trying to find funding. Um, okay. Starting a business is, is a lot of money. 
Mm-hmm. Um, luckily, I had got um, into a program called Two Business Pathways, which um, was led by New York Small Business Services, and they definitely helped out a lot with finding resources and just giving the overall business knowledge to really take things to the next level. Okay. Um, and that was in the areas of marketing, financial, and legal. So, like, everything, all encompassing. All I had to do was, keep, you know, keep figuring out what the people want to eat. <laughs> and mm-hmm. they would help me with everything else. I know. So, did you receive funding through that program that you were in? Or did no, you do a lot of funding? Um, they just gave us resources to reach out for funding. Mm-hmm. Um, but they also did um, help with the registration of the business. And we had to do a. Um, put together a business plan and a presentation, and that was sort of a competition in the class. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. picked a couple winners. I was luckily one of the winners, and they do then start to help you pay for certain things. It's not like full-on business funding, but they help mm-hmm. you do those first beginning steps so mm-hmm. that you can start to grow. Nice. So how did you um, fund your business when you started it up? Um. Pretty much out of pocket, <laughs> out of okay. pocket, taking, um, you know, waters here and there. And just um, with the program, they helped me work out my pricing so that I was really making a profit and was able to retain some of what I was getting from the clients. Mm-hmm. So then, you know, just using that money and using it for the next event and purchasing supplies and equipment. You know, as needed, I'm still growing it and funding it as you speak. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's a continuous thing, like I said. Okay. And, um, yeah, I've, I've noticed that, like, with a lot of the guests they started out, especially, like, um, I would say even the service-based businesses, a lot of them were, like, so funded as far as yeah. starting up, I've noticed. Right. It's better to self-fund if you can, you know, mm-hmm. and just start with what you have. That's that's really the biggest thing. You know, I'm very much a perfectionist, and it's like it took me a while to um, want to launch because it was like, okay, if I start, I want to start it this way. I'm going to have this big grand launch party and this and that. And it was like, okay, if I keep waiting for how I want it to be, I'm going to keep waiting forever because that's going to be when it's grand and when it has grown to its fullest potential. That's what I'm seeing already, you know, yeah. in my yeah. mind. So when it's like, if I can't see that with my bank account right now, I don't want to do it. But I had yep. to, you know, put that aside and say, you know mm-hmm. what, if I got to start selling dinners, you know, mm-hmm, let's just start mm-hmm. somewhere. Start somewhere because eventually it'll get there. You really have to be willing to hustle because mm-hmm. it's not just going to come to you. So yeah, if, you're if you're doing the work, you know, the universe, God, or, you know, whatever you believe in will, will meet you halfway, you know? Yes, I definitely agree. It's like mm-hmm. all about what you believe in. And, right. Um, typically, no one's going to believe in it. Well, really, no one's going to believe in it more than you do. So what would you say are, like, your three tips you would give with one in business, one in life, and for any of those out there who like to be a chef, like a, a tip on being a chef? Okay. So a business tip would be, I, I would have to say just start. If you mm-hmm. have an idea for something, just do it because before you know it, you're going to turn around and somebody else is going to be doing 
what you just had the idea to do, and you're going to look at yourself and say, why couldn't I do that? Take the time to learn your class. Take the time to, you know, to reach out to, you know, get mentors that are in your field. Even if they're not in your field, you get these business people to really help you get that business mind and just start. A life tip would be to really focus on disciplining yourself. I'm still working on that, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I tell myself I'm we all are. Sometimes, <laughs> and it doesn't get done, and then I beat myself up about it because I'm like, you know you could get it done if you would just get up and do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's definitely just discipline because once you have your self-discipline, there's nothing that you can't do. Yeah. It's like, because anything that you put your mind to, you know you're going to do it because you're disciplined like that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So definitely just work on discipline. And for anybody who wants to be up, I would definitely say get some experience. Don't think that just because you cook well at home that you can now put, turn around and call yourself a chef because your auntie and your grandma and your cousins like your food. There is a <laughs> lot of, and that, I mean, it doesn't a, lot of people can cook well. a lot of mm-hmm. people can cook well. Everybody know an auntie that makes some really good potato salad, make grandma fry some really good chicken, but as a food business, you have to be mindful about your feeding the public. Like, there's yeah. food safety regulations. There are tech- techniques that you should learn to really, you know, as mm-hmm. it's just for anybody. Anybody who does something creatively you should always be seeking more knowledge in the field. If you want to be a chef and start your own business, be knowledgeable about business as well because it's one thing to be a chef in somebody else's restaurant or whatever. It's a whole other thing to be out here trying to be a private chef and do your own thing and really market yourself and make sure that you're making money and that you're doing things the right way by the laws of your state. And like I said, be mindful of food safety, allergies, all kinds of things, cross-contamination. There's a lot that goes into food temperatures. So really just take the time to learn. All right. Those are good ones. So <laughs> basically give yourself to start it. That's for business. Just start it. Whatever it is, just start on it and get that discipline in there because once you start, you got to keep it consistent, you know, mm-hmm. and then just basically knowing your craft. And I feel like those all go hand in hand. Like yes. literally like in life, business, and Everything else you need right. in general to get anything done, you know. So those are really great tips. And I wanted to also know, like, what inspires you? Like, what gets you going? Um, I feel like I know the answer. I have to say, <laughs> huh? I feel like I know the answer. You let what, my daughter? Yeah. <laughs> definitely, definitely her because, like I said, I don't want her to feel limited at all. Like, I want her to really feel like she can do anything. Like, although my mother works, you know, regular nine to five, she never made me feel like I couldn't start my business just because nobody else did, you know? Mm -hmm. Or just because she may not have, you know, stepped out on a limb in her heyday, you know? Like, I don't want my child to feel any limitations, especially as a young black woman moving through this world. We are magical. Like, we can do whatever. I think we spoke about this when we met. Like, we can do whatever. Just thinking about my daughter being five and then 10 and then 15 and then 20, 25. Like, I'm about to be 25, and really, I want her to look at her mother and, like, be like, wow, like, my mother did that. Like, my mother really, mm-hmm. 
wanted to do something, had this dream since she was, since she could remember and really went out and got it, you know. Mm-hmm. But then also mm-hmm. just for myself, like I said, even before I had my daughter, I had to look at myself in the and say, so I, I have a certain life that I want to create for myself. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's like between my own, my own desires for myself and then looking at the eyes of my child, it's just like those two things really set that fire. And then, like I said, I have a lot of support um, around me, people, friends, family, um, my boyfriend, everybody just, you know, every time I do something, it really makes me feel like they're proud and it makes me want to keep growing my grandma. Like, every, I can do the smallest mm-hmm. thing. Like, I can do mm-hmm. the smallest thing. And my grandma lives down south. She's telling everybody in her little small Florida town that mm-hmm. her and daughter mm-hmm. a big contest. <laughs> that's good. That's what like, I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. And that truly makes me feel happy. All right. Awesome. So I have what I call the rise, shining, flying song. So okay. rise is Diva by Beyonce. So uh-huh. I want to know, like, what is your rise, shine, and bright song? So I just listened to, actually last night I went to speak, listening to, I think it's called Legacy. Mm-hmm. It talks about you're part of something way bigger. Like, just keep pushing, keep going, even though it's hard. Like, this is beyond you. This is about creating a legacy. And I feel like that just really ties into everything that I feel on a daily basis. So that's my new one. I don't know if I can click on your podcast, but I like Nicki Minaj. <laughs> What's that, bitch? Which one is that? It's called Born Ass Bitch by Nicki Minaj. Born Ass Bitch. Oh, okay. <laughs> I may lose that. Well, Some know. days I got to feel like a boy. <laughs> And the other days, I gotta think about my legacy. <laughs> okay, so no, I'm telling you, I've been, I've been, I haven't uh, listened to Nicki as much, to be honest. But recently, like I'm telling you, I don't know what this is cooking with me now. But she says a lot. Her lyrics have a lot with like female empowerment. <laughs> and just being you, like basically saying being you and forgetting right, everybody else don't care. It's just like being you exactly. no matter what. And I'm noticing that. And I'm like, even just when you get the, because you know how everybody always talks about the hate and all that, but she really talks about like it's really, it is girl, it is girl. You know, when people right. come at you with negative, negativity, but she's exactly. like, that's not a factor. It's not a factor. Exactly. It doesn't exist. I'm, I'm a poor girl. Exactly. And you tell me, 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 you take pride in as far as, like, helping others or something that you see down the line that you would like to do? Um, so, like I said, working with the after school program, I definitely recently got to connect with even more young women, but just any time that I can connect with a young black or Spanish or whatever, you know, a young woman of color and explain Oh, so what about program? Like, what, what, what is this program that you are? Um, it's a, it's a program called Project Move. I was actually teaching culinary. I was coaching mm-hmm. steps, and I was also, um, 
facilitating a young woman's leadership group. So mm-hmm. a lot of um, just one-on-one and dealing with young women um, and some young men also, and I was talking mm-hmm. to them about it a lot too, you know, just really seeing beyond high school and knowing that they have, you know, whatever they want to do. One of my students, she, um, one of my step-girls, my step-team, she graduated this year, and mm-hmm. I was asking her, well, what were her plans for the summer? And she didn't really know, and I was asking her, well, you know, what are you going to go to school for after this? And she said, forensic biology. I'm like, wow, I've never heard anybody over to be a forensic biologist. Like, tell me more. Wow. And I'm seeing the passion in her eyes. I'm seeing it as she's talking about it. Like, this is really something that she's into. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. instead of not knowing what you want to do for the summer, I want you to figure out who you can reach out to to get yourself into this forensic biology field, to set yourself apart from the other incoming freshmen that are going to be going into school with you. Because if you just waste your summer just playing around and you know what you want to do, you're not going to school for liberal arts. You're going to school because you know what you want to do. So I'm like, go into these police stations, go into these places, figure out where the forensic biologists are. Because I'm like, I don't know nothing about this. So I'm just talking out of, you know, just of, <laughs> Yeah, uh, from, where, from where you know. So what you know. Mm-hmm. Right, from what I know. But I'm like, just get out there and figure out how you can get into it as early as possible because the more you learn, the sooner, the sooner you learn it, the the quicker you'll be able to get up that that corporate ladder when you want to get into your field for real, you know. Yeah. And when they see, like I said, especially when they see young people that know what they want to do and are willing to sacrifice time with friends or just hanging out or whatever to really dedicate time to your skill, you'll be surprised the opportunities that they'll throw your way. So I think I take a lot of pride in just being able to be that voice for mm-hmm. other young people because I was young when I started and if I didn't have people who believed in me and knew that if I took this seriously enough that it can turn into this, then maybe I wouldn't have thought that this was something I can do. So just I yeah. tried in even though my business is not where I want it to be yet, I started it and it's going somewhere so I can I can take my testimony and give that to other young people and say, Don't be afraid to go out and do something that that might not have been done in your family or that you think you can't do or that you think it might take too much money to do. Like, just get started. Just do something because Mm -hmm. you'll be proud of yourself two years from now, five years from now, ten years from now that you got started, you know, and that you did something that you, that was was out of of the ordinary, you know? Mm -hmm. I just Mm -hmm. be proud of being able to inspire other people. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, that was amazing. I'm glad that you got to let us know about that because that's what's really important at the end of the day, like passing it down, uh, you know, and just and keeping it going and like having a sense of community. And that's, and that's, that's real generational wealth, you know. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people, we, we associate generational wealth with just money, but it is also knowledge, you yep. know. It's about just knowing that you can do these things. If I said, like, before me, I don't see anybody in my family own a business. Now it's like that's part of our family lineage now. Mm-hmm. So my daughter is going to be able to tell her children that grandma had a business, he's starting a business. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's wealth too. Knowledge is the biggest wealth that you can have because nobody can take that. You can take your money, you can be robbed, stock market, exactly. anything can happen. But if you know certain things and you passing that on to your children and other people in your community, because it's not just our direct families, like, we all have to think of each other as family and pass that stuff around our mm-hmm. whole community, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's 
that's the most valuable. Because that's where the real power is, is ownership that's and, real and power, basically exactly. a space and the knowledge. If you don't exactly. know anything, you don't even know how to own anything, how to keep it. Exactly. Um, like, all you know is is struggle, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That, that That's what we tend to pass down to our children, and that's, that has to stop, you yep. know? Yes, I agree. <laughs> We're like the next generation coming, you know, um, right. as far as like making this legacy. Yeah, so it's really important that we archive it and we also just share as much as possible for the next right. generation, you know. Right. So it's amazing, but thank you so much, Kiana. This is a really good interview. I also I wanted you to let the listeners know, like, how they can reach out to you and contact you if they want to learn more about Chef Loyalty Catering and events. Okay. So, um, you guys can follow me on Instagram at Chef Loyalty Caters. It's um, Chef R-O-Y-A-L-T-E-E C-A-T-E-R-S. And my Facebook is Chef Loyalty Catering and Events. And it's the Amber Fan, that's what it's called? Not the okay. word it's the Amazon oh. sign, the sign for Anne, not the word Anne. <laughs> so it's definitely okay. an event on Facebook. Awesome. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, Karima. This was great. Thank you for listening to this episode of Rare Maven, the podcast. I hope you learned a great deal from Tiana. To learn more about the podcast, follow us at Rare Maven Media. Also, be sure to like, share, and subscribe to the podcast. If you want to learn more about Rare Maven Media, check out our website, www.raremaven.media. And for now, I want you to ask yourself, how will you create a legacy for the culture?